Okay, those those tomatoes. Those tomatoes. Those tomatoes. You just yeah. put them in a pan and like mushed them and ate them? <laughs> what was going on there? Oh, no, it's pasta sauce. Oh, okay. That makes way more sense. The ripped tomatoes. I was like, did he eat them all? No, what no, was, no. The, what was uh, happening there? <laughs> the best tomato sauce you could ever prepare in your life is just you heat up olive oil with garlic in it. And then you use like a pack of cherry tomatoes and then they just okay. burst on their own and you mush them a little. Then you just toss them with some pasta. the show where we talk about things my name's henry but my name's john the together we're henry and john coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of the zeitgeist is this raspy voice doing anything <laughs> for you john uh is this like a batman thing no <laughs> oh it's just a raspy noticed- voice I noticed on TikToks, um, I noticed on TikTok, TikToks, I'm 40 years old. I noticed on TikTok that uh, apparently women respond really well to raspy voices from guys. So I thought I would try my hand at it. Okay. Oh, I mean, every day I wake up thinking about ways I can make myself more attractive. So let me try. <clears throat> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think th- I think honestly, you just sent shivers down our our female listenership's spines. Hello, TikTok. Hello, ah! TikTok. Is this is this what is this what you want? Is this what you? Ah! <laughs> yeah, just doing a little bit of you know. Look, our our audience might skew more male than than female, but we gotta we gotta throw our. Are, are ladies uh, a bone every now and then? <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just glad that Goblin Voice is making a comeback. Oh man! I oh wait, you were doing a Goblin Voice because my Goblin's Goblin Voice, bones, my Goblin Voice is completely different. My Goblin is very, uh, my Goblin's very loud. Mm. My Goblin Mine's... has has his gain turned up a lot. Okay. My goblin uh, hates the stereotypes that goblins aren't eloqu- eloquent. I listen. All goblins are different. Listen, gorgeous gorgeous goblins hold they phone like this. Oh man. Okay, so you're on the TikTok too. Okay. I'm on TikTok. We're, we're, we're both corrupted by the social media of today. Let's not discuss it further. Yes, we I mean you can't do a podcast about the zeitgeist unless you're on TikTok, but you also can't ever Talk about TikTok because you're 30. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like once you're over 30, you can like be on the new social media, but you can't put stuff on it and you can't talk about it. You can perceive it, but God help you if you're perceived. 
Yeah, unless like you're a Hank or John Green, like you're a known figure, you're like an actor, like if you've done something else, then sure, like you're just helping your marketing out, that's fine. But you can't just be like a schlub like you or I on TikTok trying to get like TikTok famous. That's illegal. It's it's illegal. The TikTok police, aka the Chinese government, will shut us down. Yeah, they'll censor the ending of our lives and make it so that the police win. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is uh, that is certainly what the Chinese police do to a lot of people's lives. Yeah, they change the ending of their lives from the original intent, <laughs> and then the police yeah. end up winning in the end. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, we, they they we pull never, a fight club on you. Right. We never did a follow up to that, but. Uh, Maybe two weeks after we reported on that story, the original story being that uh, the movie Fight Club's ending was changed on the streaming service Tencent, or whatever it's called. Uh, apparently, two weeks after we reported that story, they restored the original edition of Fight Club to the original ending. Nice. Good. Yeah. I uh, Even though the altered ending uh, is very funny. Henry, are you still not drinking in the middle of the week? Uh, so, John, I went to the doctor recently, and I discovered that uh, I weigh more now, in this point of my life, than I ever have before. Always the worst part of going to a doctor is the weighing and the measuring and the shaking of the head. Yeah, so instead of continuing my ways, I'm no longer drinking during the week. That, that is a permanent change, I think, to my lifestyle. That is a very positive change. Yeah. Uh, barring special occasions. Of course, birthdays, Wednesdays. Uh, well, we went to a wedding this past week. Weddings. And, uh, the entire time we were traveling, I did not adhere to that rule and paid for it dearly and uh, did not enjoy it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm cutting down on my drinking from here on out. So I'm drinking a Coke Zero. What are you, you going to do? Although... I gotta find this. I, I don't know if you've heard about this. I gotta find this space coke. Space coke, coast to coast. There's there's, <laughs> there's a new flavor of coke out there called like space coke, and I, I need to I need to get my hands on it. I uh, I heard that Pete Davidson's gonna be drinking that space coke when he goes to space. Oh, is Pete Davidson going to space? Is he bringing his girlfriend with him? I don't know. Apparently he's going on like a Jeff Bezos ship or something. I just think it's fascinating that Pete Davidson has has like reached career, like uh, terminal velocity. Like his career is now accelerating as fast as it possibly can. And honestly, uh, good for him. I want people who like aren't that funny to be extremely uh, famous and sought after. That gives me something to aspire to. Well, good for Pete Davidson. I hope he enjoys space and drinks a space Coke with his out-of-this-world girl, uh, Kim Kardashian. Is that the thing? I don't care. (laughs) I, uh, I'm not drinking a space Coke. I am, in fact. So I went to the doctor recently, Henry. Oh, you, you too. Okay. However, I went to a special kind of, uh, sinful vanity doctor that's uh, called a dermatologist. Ooh, uh, from, one from of those. From my understanding, they only do surgeries on you to fix your appearance. <laughs> one of those snakeskin doctors. Yeah, one of those doctors who fixes your snakeskin and tells you to moisturize and use a vanna cream 
bar. So I went to the devil's doctor and uh, <laughs> they 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 took a pound of my flesh. Mm. Uh, and uh, while I'm recovering from that uh, flesh removal process, uh, this devil's doctor, unlike your doctor, who's lame, <laughs> uh, said that I, in fact, should uh, eat slightly more because I've been dieting. Because when you diet and you have a large chunk of your skin removed it apparently takes forever to heal and can get infected it's so interesting to think about the things we put in our body becoming part of ourselves i know you had this whole like existential realization when when you were really getting into the lifting game and you were just eating protein to become huge Uh uh-huh but yeah applying that to skin growth like if i eat all these tomatoes Am I, are their skins going to become my skin? (laughs) I mean, in a way, their amino acids uh, ultimately become your flesh. But since my doctor said that I can eat slightly more, I've started drinking again, (laughs) Uh, which is probably not. (laughs) Yeah, that's what she meant. That's what your doctor (laughs) meant. (laughs) I've also been eating a lot more like peanut butter and snacks. Um, And my my healing journey, (laughs) uh, my hashtag healing journey is going pretty well, but I decided to treat myself uh, recently. Uh, I don't really know why I was treating myself, but I actually bought a pretty famous beer that has never been consumed on this podcast before. Budweiser. Uh, yes. Was up? It's actually a Drake's Denogonizer, uh, which is a, a relatively famous beer in the craft beer community. Drake's what? Denogonizer. This sounds like a potion from a very esoteric magic system video game. Uh, it, it really does. Uh, so Drake's Brewing of San Leandro, California. Uh, the blurb is Brace Yourself, Denogonizer's a Massive, Double IPA, Sublimely Hopped, Dank Sticky, West Coast Hops, whatever, whatever. Uh, this <laughs> is one of the highest enthused, rated please. beers. This is one of the highest <laughs> rated beers on Beer Advocate and Untapped, and for good reason. It's, it's truly delicious. Now, what kind of beer? I might have missed it. What kind of beer is it? It is uh, double IPA, double dry hopped IPA. So very... You said that, right. Okay. Very hoppy, very strong. And in fact, for being a double IPA, uh, it is uh, kind of a legacy IPA. And it is thoroughly West Coast. So it's piney, resiny, aromatic, pretty offensive tasting compared to your like... Amazing. East Coast, hazy, juicy IPAs. Now, now, is this one of those rare IPAs that come four to a pack and cost $20? It comes six to a pack and comes in at uh, $12. Okay, uh, that's not thing, so bad. Yeah, they're only produced for a limited time, but they're produced in like large enough quantities that buying them isn't that big of a deal. They're also What's like the... 10%. Oh, I keep stepping on your toes. I'm sorry. 10% is pretty good. Uh, what's the deal with electric jellyfish? Why is it... Like $18 for four cans. Uh, Because it's only made by a pizza restaurant. Okay. So if they had a wider making and distribution, maybe it would be a little little, little more, a little cheaper. Yeah, not to, uh, you know, I don't want to tell tales out of school for the fine folks at Pint House Pizza. But I think they are ramping up production of a number of their beers they've been buying real estate so maybe electric jellyfish will be cheaper in the future i would enjoy that as long as the quality of the product doesn't go down because i know that that you run the risk when you turn up that production 
of the quality getting getting less than it was. I don't mean to be an electric jellyfish snob, which anyone who's listening to this outside of the Austin area, electric jellyfish is kind of arguably like the the beer of the moment for Austin. It's a delicious, hazy IPA made by Pint House Pizza. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, for those of you who don't like IPAs, I don't like IPAs, but electric jellyfish is the exception that proves the rule. It is delicious, light, bubbly. It, it. I had my first sip of an electric jellyfish in an Alamo Drafthouse theater like two weeks ago, and it just instantly took the entire edge off my week. I really think that electric jellyfish is the uh, average working man's or craft beer, middle class man's... Uh, kind of gateway drug to mimosas because that's basically what electric jellyfish is. It's like super citrusy, super juicy, bright, sparkly, a little bit alcoholic. It's a mimosa. Yeah. Well, mimosas are great. I just want to put that out there. Uh, And if if you've ever been to a first watch, they make the hell out of a, it's not a mimosa, but an orange drink. It's like a screwdriver. They They call it a morning glory. It's very good. I've uh, never been to a first watch. I don't know if they have anything for me. I forgot to check. Uh, there was a lot for the uh, the omnivores of the world. For the meat boys. I said omni. There was some green stuff, <laughs> I'm sure. There, there was a cabbage in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> there was a community cabbage for everyone to take a leaf of. That's me in the corner, uh, cabbage, <laughs> losing my religion. Oh, yikes. Okay. Back on the rails. Back so that's on what the we're rails. Drinking. Uh, Henry, I, I think both you and I are kind of out of sorts. Yeah, I, I didn't really have a weekend. Uh, we traveled starting on Wednesday. We got back Sunday at like 11 p.m. And the fucking time goddamn changed? I leave for four days, and you guys change time? Yeah, so I, I'm in a similar position. Uh, life stuff has been being life stuff. And in addition, uh, time change. So obviously, Henry, you and I share something in common as to why we both feel kind of like logy and strange in this week. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I'm more than one account, because before we started recording, you mentioned you hadn't slept well in the past couple of days. Uh, I didn't sleep well at all while I was traveling and then not really since we got back or before we left. So <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a, an infinitely spanning period of time where you didn't sleep particularly well. Yeah, it's just been one long kind of haze where I've, I've fallen asleep at my, my desk at work three times today. So I got oh, a little man. bit of sleep. Well, that's but good. Yeah, I'm, There's I'm no better sorts. place to sleep than work. Yeah, because then they pay you, and it's pretty good. Yeah, you can't get paid to sleep at home. Well, Henry, I, I think the, the biggest uh, common factor that we have to why we feel this way is, you guessed it, the new green iPhone. That's it. I fucking knew it. I knew Apple had did something to piss me off. Well, tell me about this. So, uh, as everyone knows... Uh, pretty recently, everyone experienced it at the same time. You woke up, you f- you felt a little weird, you had to change all your clocks, nothing felt right. And that's because Apple 
announced a new green iPhone. Those assholes. Now I'll I'll just uh, I'll just read a little bit from the uh, Apple. So Apple News like publishes news about Apple, and it's like written <laughs> in a way that makes it seem like it's a news source, but just Apple writing copy. Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll read a little bit from their reporting slash press release of the new green iPhone that we're we're all aware of, but just to give people context. Uh, March 8th, 2022, so a little while ago, uh, Apple announces the new green iPhone, a powerful smartphone in an iconic green design. Uh, Cupertino, California. Apple today announced green iPhone, a green no (laughs) iPhone in an iconic design, which is green with exceptional capabilities and performance and incredible color of green. Green iPhone comes in a compact and durable design and together with an I- with iOS te- 15, delivers a seamless user experience that is the color green. Uh, the new green iPhone features impressive upgrades, including the performance of the A15 Bionic, which powers advanced camera capabilities and makes nearly every experience better, from fo- photo editing to power-intensive operations like gaming and augmented reality. Also, this iPhone is green, like a forest or a turtle or a mold or a green paint. (laughs) Along with 5G, longer battery life, and improved durability, green iPhone comes in one stunning color, green. Uh, (laughs) Begin quote. Green iPhone has been an incredibly popular choice for existing users and for new iPhone customers, thanks to its green color, exceptional performance, and greenness. This year, we've built the most powerful and green iPhone yet, with better battery life thanks to the (laughs) A15 Bionic, which unlocks advanced camera features like smart HDR4, photographic styles, and deep fusion, said K.N. Drance, Apple's vice president of worldwide iPhone product marketing. And with 5G, green iPhone can be green and on the internet. Delivering the greenest generation of technology and performance at this color, open parentheses, green, close parentheses, is something only (laughs) Apple can do. Amazing. Uh, so new green iPhone. New green iPhone. And uh, the, the publication CNET did something pretty funny. I'm sending you just picture after picture in the Discord. Oh, let me see. Uh, because apparently CNET, what they did was they went through at their office and picked up just any green object <laughs> they could find and took pictures of the I- the green iPhone next to green objects. This is... Uh, I guess for comparison, (laughs) (laughs) I got to tell you, um, what I did was a slightly altered version of an Apple press release that yours truly did some changes to, to communicate the gravity of the greenness. But what CNET did, uh, is arguably even stupider. Yeah. I mean, this is really, so it's just green. Like that's the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) I, I like that, uh. What is that? Pesto? Yeah. So they, they yeah. set it down in like an air plant bowl. And then they p- clearly put the two iPhones in like a yellow shadow box and then can <laughs> fetched a number of green things to put next to them. Yeah. I, I guess the yellow shadow box was for contrast or something. But It just yeah, makes I, me want a big old Sprite. Y- you know, you're not wrong. Um, but yeah, just, just some green objects. Next to the new iPhones, which come in green. Um, imagine throwing a press conference. You're, you're a billion-dollar company. You make products that everybody uses every day. 
and you're like, all right, we got a new announcement. Uh, this is pretty exciting. Uh, this is a new, you know, mainstay addition to our lineup. Uh, you know, the product you loved last year, it's green now. And then you drop the mic and that's it. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to me. And, and uh, this is maybe a direction that Apple, to the best of my knowledge, has never really gone in before. Because the thing about Apple products, and I used to like evangelize against Apple products, and I thought they were like <clears throat> overpriced and bad. Uh, but now I love Apple products. I think they're great. Uh, but they're kind of like best in class at what they do. And the thing that Apple used to do is kind of never release anything new unless it was the new version of the old thing. Right. Uh, and now there are all these announcements where it's like, now it's green and a whole bunch of other colors. And uh, now it, it has cat ears on it. And I feel like as you increase the level of choice with Apple products, they actually become less desirable. I can, I, I can see that. For it, sure. It's cool kid yeah. syndrome. It's cool kid syndrome because of the only... Apple pro if the only iPhone you can buy is white or black, then that's your choice and you have to live with it. And you know what? People have this existential kink where they're okay with living with limited choices. If it means they get to be in the in group. And in fact, it makes them more powerful. Like if the in group is split into seven different people with seven different colored iPhones, you have seven in groups It you're, you're splitting the psychological advantage you get from everyone being in the same club, which is, I think, what gave Apple's design aesthetic its genius in the past. Yeah, because everybody who got the product got the same product. But now you, you, you release this green one, so people are going to be walking around with the green one. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's Windows it PCs, right? Like, you're never going to find, yeah. like, a huge evangelist for... Windows PCs, unless they're like a real troglodyte weirdo. Uh, but you're not going to find like a, a Windows PCs in group because there are thousands of permutations and variations. You ever see someone on the street with a shirt that's like, I'm a real Lenovo guy. Yeah, and that, that was the weird thing about the Windows store that they tried to do for a while. And, and like they had, I guess, Surface tablets in there. But Microsoft doesn't really make computers they they make an operating system and some tablets but you can't buy a microsoft computer yeah and, and that's what was genius about apple and still is is like they are the sole provider of their products whereas like uh, windows is much more decentralized so it's just not cool it's not cool to be decentralized you want everyone to be on the same thing so you can have your disgusting little clicks for sure. Uh, I, I'm just, you know, I, I really, the, the unfortunate thing is that Apple is an industry leader. And so we're going to see a bunch of people copy this. And so, you know, I, I'm just going to facepalm when I see Boeing release the the new green 747. <laughs> yeah, the, the new green 747. What are you even going to do with that? And people are going to ask. They're, you're going to be like, all right, oh, it's more fuel efficient. And the, the CEO of Boeing will have to go, be up there in his turtleneck and say, oh, no, we're referring to the color. Yeah, no, it's still very bad for the environment. I personally am looking forward to the green version of the AGM-114 Hellfire missile. Yeah, I mean, you and me both, right? Like holding my breath for it. I mean, classic air-to-surface missile for anti-armor use, but in the color green. Mwah. 
Now we're talking out loud. Precision to each other. drone strikes with a forest vibe. Yeah, just think how powerful that missile's going to be in the new shade of green. Yeah, you can't even imagine it. You can't. Not without exploding. <laughs> you could maybe imagine it for a very short period of time yeah. uh, before the Hellfire missile uh, destroys you. Y- you know what's funny, though? I don't think Apple came up with this on their own because, because John, what th- think about the time of year it is right now and think about the events and the holidays that are happening this week. Events and holidays this week. 9-11? March. <laughs> March 17th, John. Oh, the day which will live in infamy. Um, Guy Fox Day? No, but you're mm. close. No, you're not. Uh, it's St. Patrick's Day. Uh, and what happens on St. Patrick's Day, John? The Mick, what is it called? <laughs> the Shamrock Shake comes the, the back. The Shamrock Shake comes back. And, and Starbucks, I'm sure, rolls out some green fraps or whatever. Everyone unleashes a green monstrosity of fast food offerings this time of year and i think apple's just getting on board apple just don't want to get pinched they didn't <laughs> they're fine the fine tim cook the current ceo of apple is like okay guys every year i get pinched i need it to stop can you just make the fucking thing green and they were like wait you mean like energy efficient because we've been working on that for quite a while no you idiots I'm Tim Cook. I mean the color. <laughs> He's like, I. ever since Steve died, I can only wear black turtlenecks and jeans and white sneakers. And every year I get pinched so many times. Yeah. He's, just, he's on his knees. something green. Yeah. He's on his knees in front of his engineers. And he's like, please, they won't stop pinching. And behind him is just the army of people who work at Apple because there's, you know, billions of them. And they're all just pinching their little fingers together <laughs> threateningly. <laughs> they're just, they're waiting, they're champing at the bit for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, they're just like, in one day we can all pinch the CEO of Apple, <laughs> the most important man in the company, because he can only wear those black turtlenecks. And maybe one day if we pinch him, we'll become him. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, like a vampire. <laughs> Uh, you know, I it's actually pretty mind-blowing that you bring up the Shamrock Shake, Henry. Oh, man, did I do one of those unknowing connections? It's an unknowing... It, it's not a connection to any material that I had, but it's actually one of the rare instances where we are remembering to issue an apology or a retraction, I suppose. Okay. We're going to apologize for something we said? There was an episode not too long ago where I talked about the Shamrock Shake, and I said it's just a vanilla shake that they add green food dye to. Oh, no, I've repeated that to people. Uh, so this is harmful misinformation. Now, uh, understand that I am someone who doesn't eat dairy, typically. Uh, I'm not, I don't think I'm really a vegan or whatever, but I don't eat dairy typically. It upsets my belly, and I don't think it's ethical. Uh, however, when I got finished with my most recent minor surgery, I was really bummed out and I had a horrible nightmare the night before. So I went to McDonald's 
I was loving it. I went to McDonald's and I was like, what's the meal? Because everyone knows that McDonald's true utility isn't that their food tastes good necessarily, but it unlocks a gateway to childhood uh, instantly while you're eating it. Yeah, so, it, it's a yeah, it's a it's a drug that unlocks childhood memories, of course. Yeah, it's you you like drip it in your eyes and then you're a child again. So I was like, what's the most childlike meal I can get that doesn't have any meat in it? I don't eat meat. Uh, but I think the perfect is the enemy of the good, and I do consume dairy at times, and at this time it was personal duress. I got a shamrock shake. Because it was like oh, the first no. day the shamrock shake was back, and I got an apple pie. Okay, apple pie and a shamrock shake. Let me tell you, first thing I did was bite that apple pie and then immediately realized why I can't eat at McDonald's because their food is, uh, they've spent millions upon millions of dollars on this apple pie to make sure that it is the most, like, serotonin releasing, Mm. most delicious thing you could possibly eat served at the perfect temperature, uh, which is boiling hot. Yeah. Uh, So I bit that apple pie and I was like, oh no, I... and then I ate the apple pie. And then I tasted the shamrock shake. And you know what? It definitely has mint in it. Okay. There's some mint in there. You know, with the green coloring, I think people expect it's a little bit of mint. And so maybe over time they added a little bit of mint in. I, I think that's the lie that I was told that I, I repeated is like, it just has green coloring and you're imagining the mint. But let me tell you, I'm pretty discerning with how things taste. And that absolutely has mint in it. Well, I'm glad that you're apologizing for this just egregious boner. It's a huge boner I made on the podcast. Yeah, you just made just a, you know, kind of like a slap in your face boner. <laughs> I made a I made a big I made a big sloppy slap in the face boner and I'm owning up to it. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> boner used to mean a mistake. <laughs> yes. And uh, in my world, boner still means a mistake. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> depending on the context. Yeah. You know, no harm, no foul. But gotcha. I, uh, yeah, shake definitely has mint in it. I apologize. Cool. Also drinking a milkshake when you're like low grade lactose oh. intolerant and also oh. have not consumed dairy for a long time. Oh, your stu- your stomach. Yeah, my stomach sounded like a pair of boots in a dryer. Oh. It was really bad. Oh no. Oh yeah. yeah. That, uh, I'm sorry for the outcome. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh so uh, speaking of shakes, John, this is unrelated to anything. Uh but every once in a while, local establishment Whataburger, you might have heard of it. Uh, they bring back a Dr. Pepper shake. Oh. And uh, I was always told that it was just vanilla. Mm-hmm. And uh, they call it a Dr. Pepper shake. But I'm here to tell you, John, I had one. Tastes like Dr. Pepper. I mean, I don't think they could in good conscience just give out a vanilla shake and call it Dr. Pepper. <laughs> no, everyone told me. I was oh, imagining yeah, yeah. the Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that one's still true. I think you're still imagining the Dr. Pepper. Uh, what's funny is I learned about this, um, like my second year of living in Texas, there's a local delicacy to the state of Texas. So it's actually quite far reaching called the Dr. Pepper cake. And it, it's a cake that you make using Dr. Pepper as like one of the ingredients 
and it's just light and sweet, kind of like an almondy kind of taste. Mm-hmm. And that's what the shake tastes like. It tastes like a Dr Pepper cake and a Interesting. shake. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I, uh, on the subject of milkshakes, this is the last milkshake thing we'll talk about uh, because I do want right. to bring this back to my dairy free folks. Gotcha. Uh, there is a, a place out of San Antonio called Project Pollo. They're kind of all over the place. They serve. Oh, they're great. Uh, what I consider to be like medium tier vegan fast food, but it's vegan fast food. So like, great. Uh, big fan. And also from what I understand, no one uh, in, in Project Pollo has been a real uh, bad boss. Uh, unlike a certain unnamed vegan burger establishment in San Marcos. But they have a red velvet shake that I think they just mix up a box of red velvet cake mix into. Okay. It's truly delicious. It It's really good, but it, it tastes like someone <laughs> insane made it. Because <laughs> it, it does not, it genuinely does not taste like they were attempting to mimic the taste of red velvet cake. It's like they took a milkshake and then blended an entire red velvet cake into it. They're like, well, we called it a red velvet shake, so we got to put... Look, that's just the name of the ingredients. Yeah, it's a shake and red velvet. I feel like there's a um, there's a pretty famous deli in like Chicago or something that puts a slice of German chocolate cake and mayonnaise into their milkshakes. I don't know about that. That are that are pretty famous. I don't know. Enough milkshake talk. All right. Yeah, let's get off milkshakes, John. Are you mad? Now that all now that the milkshakes have brought all the boys to the pod, we got to stop this. There are too many boys in the pod. We, we we need to we need to distance the boys. There's too many boys in the pod making boners. No, all these all these boy boners. <laughs> oh boy. Again, boner means mistake for the uninitiated. Yeah. If yeah. you're just joining the podcast and you heard that midstream, uh, boner used to mean mistake. Yes, if you somehow managed to tune into a podcast 30 minutes in, boner means mistake. I don't know what people do. Maybe they like to skip the beginning. <laughs> They're like, I bet the first 30 minutes are just ads. <laughs> yeah. Some podcasts are like that, and they get started right about now. Yeah, I, there's a podcast where I skip past the first eight minutes because it's literally just ads go. for supplements. It's yeah. ridiculous. Anyway, Henry Boners. Oh, no, no. We're not doing that. Okay. Uh, but, you know, with all this... All of this corporate greed in America right now, you, you might have heard, you might have seen the headline a, a billion times over uh, that a bunch of national co- corporations and companies are increasing their prices due to, quote, inflation, unquote, despite posting, you know, record breaking profits year after year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one company is doing something a little bit different uh, instead oh. of raising their prices. What if you paid the same amount of money? but received less. Hold on, what? They keep the price the same, but you get less of the product for that same price. Um, so I actually kind of like this for a couple reasons, but please elaborate. It's a little-known technique called shrinkflation, and uh, p- different 
food-based companies have been doing it for quite a while where they might make the box bigger, like in the case of cereal, the box, the cereal box is physically bigger, uh, but the bag of cereal in it actually contains less than a previously uh, smaller version of the box. Uh, But in this case, we're not talking about cereal, John. We're talking about bags of chips. Oh, now I've thought about this with, I feel like bags of chips get smaller. (laughs) Not only do they get smaller, but the amount of chips that they put in the bag get less. And we actually now have evidence of it. If you've ever opened a bag of chips and it's like, there's hardly any chips in there. Uh, Yeah, you are absolutely right. But uh, they don't lie about it. It comes straight from the horse's mouth. Um, Here's the headline. There are five fewer Doritos per bag now thanks to inflation. Oh, my God. Frito-Lay confirmed that it, it decreased the number of chips you get per bag by five whole delicious triangles in 2021 in order to account for inflation. That's... I mean, I I wonder, because they do have, like, a net weight printed on these things. Does the net weight change? Uh, So, this is what happens. There's It's a difference of five chips, or a... um, Previously, what would have been a 9.75-ounce bag becomes a 9.25-ounce bag. Okay. I, I believe they do change the net weight on the bag and the product listing itself. And there's also probably like some room for error where they're like within, if they're within like a rounding error, they can still ship it and not change the weight on the bag. Yes. Uh, so taking out half an ounce of product from the bag is, is saving uh, and leaving the prices the same is saving the company 21 cents per bag. Okay. That's wait, hold on. That means people are paying uh, like four cents a Dorito. Something like that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. If you break down the math of the amount that they're saving and the amount they're taking out or rather the company pays four cents per Dorito, right? The company's wait. paying like four cents a Dorito. Well, no, yeah, you're right. Some something like that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm in flavor in flavor. <laughs> <laughs> cool ranch. Cool ranch, bro. I uh I, I'm actually a sweet chili lime or whatever. Oh, uh, okay. It's a but good I I'm in favor of shrinkflation only in as much as uh Americans get too much food for too little money for the most part. When it comes to like uh, processed food. We're paying t- way too much for produce, considering how much it, of it is grown oh, here. It's ludicrous. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're going to g- grow apples in fucking Arkansas, and then they get shipped to China and then shipped back to us? Come on. Uh, but no, I, I think we we should get less food for more money when it comes to things like Doritos, and that's kind of the only thing I'm in favor of this for. Okay, yeah. You're, you're, you're cheaper, but not as healthier foods that are really only cheap because they're mass produced and processed in a way that is not good for uh, a lot of consumption. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I don't want to eat a whole bag of Doritos anyway. I mean, I will. I mean, like over the course of a couple of days, maybe, you know, (laughs) even then it's so so bad. So 
For 200 million bags of chips, uh, saving 21 cents per bag means the the amount saved is upwards of $50 million. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So if you're talking about mass scale, they're, they're saving a lot of money just by taking out five chips per bag. Um, and Doritos is apparently not the only product doing this. Uh, you're going to get fewer brushes at a, out of a tube of Crest 3D White Radiant Mint. Um, there are 28 fewer crackers out of a box of family size original wheat thins. Well, that just seems like a crime. That's a lot of crackers. 28 that's, fewer. That's 14 cracker sandwiches. That's insane. Yeah. 28 fewer in a box of wheat thins. They're they're called wheat thins. Like they're not thick. You, you gotta eat like a handful of them. They really get the that that punch that you need out of the wheat thins. And 28 fewer per box. I mean, yikes. You're gonna have to buy an extra box. Thankfully, though, they only have to remove one chip from a bag of wheat thicks. <laughs> yes. And apparently you're going to get several fewer sips out of your bottle of Gatorade. Uh, these are just a couple of companies that also practice similar practices, uh, utilize similar practices of shrinkflation. I, I also know that uh, a pretty classic example of shrinkflation is toilet paper, like things that are like inelastic needs, I think are the ones who are first. Well, I guess if something's inelastic, People kind of pay for it no matter what. Yeah. So I wonder why shrinkflation benefits things like toilet paper. But I don't know. I'm not an economist. Me either. Uh, I, I like your take on shrink, shrinkflation for things like Doritos or, or, you know, your cheaper, unhealthier foods. I think that's that's honestly the, the a, a silver lining in all of this because I was ready to be outraged to be like, you know, my dollar's not buying as much, like literally. It, it, it's still inflation, basically. Uh, only the price isn't changing, but the amount you get is changing. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, of course, the, the dark side of that is like you can't change how much banana you get. So like right. we're paying more for healthy foods too. And I think countries that have more expensive, like hyper-processed foods actually have that because of things like value-added tax and health tax that are added to these things that make them more expensive by choice over healthier things. And you know America's not going to do that. No, I mean, there was a sugar tax on sodas in New York. I don't know if that's still in effect. But other than that, like, yeah, you really don't see that going in place. Yeah, I mean, when they did that in New York, they acted like the Gestapo took over. Like, right. Americans are, I, I think that if you could tell Americans that their entire diet could be zebra cakes, they'd be happy. Oh, could it be cosmic brownies? No, cosmic brownies. No, I would think it's brown, so it's got more fiber in it. <laughs> that's, that's it. You know, I guess at the end of the day, MF Doom was right. When he said, that's why he bring his own needles and get more cheese than Doritos, Cheetos, or Fritos. Slip like Ooh. Freudian. Your first and last step to playing yourself like an accordion. These are uh, great words from a great person. Rest in peace, MF Doom. Yeah. A moment of silence. <laughs> a moment of silence. <laughs> Uh, for for MF Doom, let's let's try to imagine the other ways that shrinkflation could uh, 
could affect our lives. A couple fewer puffs from your delicious menthol cigarettes. They make the filters a little bit longer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you buy the whole oxygen tank, but what they, the casing is the same, but then they put like arbitrarily a smaller, (laughs) smaller thing of oxygen. The whole, it's not the whole oxygen tank. Yeah, there's there's less auction. When you order a KFC chicken sandwich, there's a little bite taken out of it. <laughs> yeah, I heard Popeyes is implementing, yeah, whoever makes a sandwich gets to take a bite out of it. Because, because that that brings it back to the corporation. Right. Yeah, they you know, they don't have to take as many breaks. Yeah. Get chickens with one breast. <laughs> oh no. Uh I heard air- airlines are just shrinking the seats. I'm calling that a day. They they're missed. They missed the, <laughs> sorry. They're, they're shrinking the seats and landing 15 feet before the <laughs> runway. <laughs> Making, yeah, they make you walk the rest of the way. And they're like, hey, yeah. look, we're passing the savings on to you. <laughs> yeah, you have to. <laughs> they stop 15 feet before the little stairway car thing you have to use. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, television shows are already getting shorter, but we don't really pay for those. We don't. I mean, we are paying for them since Netflix is increasing how much Netflix costs. Yeah. And it's a shame because they're shrinking how much access we have. Yeah. Every episode of their fucking bullshit garbage ass original programming is a minute, a minute and a half shorter. They're speeding up Ozark by 0.5%. (laughs) But it's only Patrick Bateman's character. They speed up his dialogue, which, to be honest, kind of hard to follow when they speed him up. Patrick Bateman is a character. Jason Bateman is the man. Yes. I get the two confused all the time. I think Patrick Bateman... No... Who's Patrick? Nah, it doesn't matter. I think Patrick Bateman is the uh, eponymous American Psycho in American Psycho. Oh, you're right. You're right. That's who it is. Yeah. But Jason is. Bateman, they they speed up his dialogue, and he's like, "Listen, kids, yeah. I launder money. I speak in a very affected way." <laughs> and now <laughs> I, I made him sound like Will Shatner. <laughs> and now he's like, "And now, okay, listen, I speak very fast because a bunch of cuts. They're not speeding him up." <laughs> They're making him They're giving act him faster. direction to to speak fifteen percent faster. We need you to speak a little bit faster, Mister Bateman. Uh, shrinkflation, you understand? He's like, yeah, I get it. I was on Arrested Development. I was on the Identity Thief. <laughs> these are these are my claims. These are my claims. Jason Bateman, not Patrick Jason. Bateman, not the American Psycho, not the American Psycho. Oh, I wonder how many times they cast Patrick Jason Bateman and they're like, we got to get that American psycho guy. (laughs) We need a, yeah, yeah, in the pitch meeting, they're like, yeah, we need it. We need a Patrick Bateman type. And uh, they end up with Jason Bateman because it's like, well, he's got Bateman in the name. (laughs) Yeah, they really almost... They almost fucked up with uh, Christian Bale's Batman. They almost got Jason Bateman. Yeah, they almost got Jason Bateman. He's like, rattle the cages. <laughs> where's the girl? <laughs> where's the girl? <laughs> where's the girl? <laughs> Listen, where's the girl? <laughs> this is this is our Jason Bateman. <laughs> well, I don't know what I expected. 
He just speaks like a normal person. <laughs> I, uh, Jason Bateman's the best. Speaking of movies, Henry. Oh, man. Boy, am I excited to see the Batman eventually. I'm very excited to see the Batman, <laughs> for you to see the Batman, and for me uh, to uh, watch it again, uh, to know what to talk about in our upcoming supplemental reading of That There Batman. Uh, but there's another movie we talked about more recently than the Batman, Henry. Oh, wait. What movie? We uh, talked about it on the last episode. A little uh, direct-to-streaming Pixar movie called Turning Red. Oh, right. Yeah, the criticism that was backlashed around the world. Yes. Uh, that criticism, of course, was... Uh, Cancel. was roundly hated and canceled. The article, the the review was canceled. Uh, but I have since seen Turning Red, and in fact, there is uh, a growing Turning Red discourse uh, on, on the internet, and I would like to report uh, on it here on the podcast. All right. So yeah, uh, an update. Everyone was defending it, not having seen it yet, but what's happening now? Uh, well, for my own personal opinion of the film i watched it and it's fine it's actually quite good okay uh, good I, I would recommend it has an incredible ending uh kind of the whole movie earns its ending it's it's great uh but i will say that the one thing i noticed is that we were kind of most people actually were pretty wrong in their characterization of this being a movie aimed at largely the current generation oh. of kids. I don't know. There's something pretty interesting going on because the movie's set in 2003. Oh, they would. The Zoomers would only be like three years old. the The movie's set in 2003. There are Tamagotchis. There's like a Backstreet Boys analog called Four Town. These, these are all 90s things. I know, but the 90s and the early 2000s are rapidly getting conflated. Uh, okay. Or at least the late 90s and the early 2000s are rapidly getting conflated. So uh, it's also very clear that this takes a lot of aesthetic inspiration from anime uh, and, uh, and just like Japanese animation in general, which is great. I think Pixar did a really good job translating some of that stuff but i'm like is this written for people who loved anime in the early 2000s and were like 12 or 13 i.e me right i was about to say the year 2003 i was 13 yeah it this movie seems like other than the main character being a uh chinese canadian girl uh, which, by the way, since it is not my uh, exact <laughs> demographic, means the movie was bad and I hate it. Uh, right. But no, I, I I worried that this movie, like, oh, it's for me. It's actually for the old fucks. It's for the thirty years, the thirty year olds, and that's all the movies that Pixar makes. But I I think from reading the discourse about it, it seems like Zoomers are actually very nostalgic for the early two thousands and have a conception of it that maybe this movie captures. I don't know. This movie definitely wasn't written for my demographic. I think it was written for kids. It's weird that it takes place in a time where I was alive and takes like large aesthetic inspirations from things that I liked at that time. Maybe, and yet is clearly not made for me. I, maybe it's 
So what used to happen in children's movies were uh, was there were jokes that were aimed for the adults that would mm. be, you know, suggestive or hopefully fly over kids' heads. But kids are just, they're in tune now. Uh, so maybe instead of going for that, uh, the way that Pixar is appealing to the parents of kids who might be uh, bringing their, their kids to the streaming movie uh, is by making the the setting based on the time when the parents grew up. Does I think sense? that's, it's entirely possible. I also think that for the most part, like mainstream aesthetic sensibilities and adoration for the past and nostalgia lags by about 20 years. Uh, so that means I think a lot of people, adults and children are now like looking back to like the early 2000s aesthetics and being like, that's cool. I like Tamagotchis. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just when you bring up Harry Potter, they uh, turn into vicious attack dogs. Yes. Uh, and rightfully so. But the the discourse that's going on about turning red right now is that... So... I, I think a kind of simplified and uncharitable read of turning red is that it's a movie about puberty, particularly like female puberty. Uh, and I think the movie definitely has that, not so much as a theme. It's explicitly mentioned. Like this is the first Pixar movie where they talk about like pads and ibuprofen and stuff. Uh, but I don't really think that's what the movie's about. However, the like smooth brain take is that that is what it's about. Uh, turning red is like a very on the nose allusion to having your period. I don't, I don't think that's really what it is. Uh, but the discourse around it now seems to be parents saying that the themes of turning red, once again, the smooth brain take that it's a movie about puberty is too mature for their kids who are like 10 to 13. Don't show it to them. That's so here's my argument to those parents. I don't think anything's too mature for the people who are going through the thing literally right now. Like for people to say that the themes of puberty are too mature for their 12 and 13 year old kids. It's like, motherfucker, how is it it. too mature? How is showing them a thing that they're literally experiencing too mature? Oh, man, Uh, that's insane. They're going to learn about it. Any, It's like, they do you not know what they teach in schools? Do, do you think they don't cover this stuff in school? Or you don't think that the media that your kids are already absorbing, like the, they, you think that doesn't cover that? The, the amount of cartoons that had like a puberty episode, I can't count on two hands because all of them did it. They all talked about it eventually. Yeah, it, it's and, a and fundamental part of juvenile education. Right. And maybe they didn't do it in the most helpful of ways, which, you know, that could be argued, sure. But it's if you're trying to protect your child from learning about puberty, you're going to fail. Yeah. The, <laughs> I mean, they're going to learn about it by going through it. Also, they have the uh, notable benefit that we did not have of uh, having a device with all of oh. human knowledge in it. The whole, yeah, the internet. Like, so if your kid 
If you have an internet-enabled device and you give it to your child and your child experiences something, the first thing they're going to do is look it up privately because they don't yeah. want to tell, tell you about it in case it's like, oh, no, you're weird. Why are you growing hair there, you freak? Yeah, like – You know how I mean, you know how parents react. Yeah, that, it's, <laughs> that's what they do. They're like, oh, are you turning into a werewolf like the family curse? Uh, <laughs> are you a teen wolf, you idiot? <laughs> are you a teen wolf, you idiot? Are you Justin Bateman and Teen Wolf 2, you <laughs> fool? You fucking idiot. I uh do you say Justin Bateman? I did. That's his sister. <laughs> That's his sister's sister, Justine Justin, Bateman. Justine Bateman. I uh, Jason. Jason Bateman. Jason yeah. Bateman. We're, we're all getting his name wrong tonight. Anyway, Patrick. I uh I, I think it's silly, but also I don't think that movie is like totally about puberty. I think Yeah. That movie's, and don't, don't yuck the movie for this. I think it's a little bit about early internet culture. I think it's a little bit about growing up around furries or like having a sexual awakening, like um. on the internet where furries, I don't think it's a movie about being a furry. I, I think that's a reduction. And like a lot of Pixar things, there's plausible deniability in its themes are very clear, but it's its inspirations are vague. Like no Pixar movie is like objectively about anything other than like cars having feelings. Uh, they, they hide their stuff pretty well sometimes. Uh, but I think turning red's a fine movie. I, I think that guy was dumb for writing that review. And I also think people think parents are dumb for both saying the yeah. movies about puberty and also say that's too mature for their kids. Everyone's just being fucking dumb about this movie. This movie is love, fine and then rips. Yeah. I, I love uh, the people who boil down entire complex storytelling into one thing. You know, I, I love those people because the world must be so simple for those people. It's like just everything is black and white. They can determine just the, with, with supreme accuracy, what something is down to its core. And then they just get to live in a world of absolutes. When in reality, it's like everything is a gradient. Everything's a spectrum. Things are a, a work of art that is done by a, an entire staff of people can have a myriad of meaning in it. And it's just for you to pull out what you, your interpretation, you know, how art works it's just it's baffling to me the people who want to go out there and be like this is about this end of sentence. I, I really think it it almost plays into our conversation about criticism and how we've been kind of de detuned to intelligently criticize things because of the way media has been given to us. Because I think there has been like a a gradual like boiling of the frog, like a slow. So a movie can have no subtext and be a perfectly fine, amazing, great movie. Uh, and I think that s movies became subtext heavy. And I think there's been a, a slow, like bubbling up an elevation of subtext into text. And now people think a movie is bad if it's not explicitly saying what it's about, which is, uh, yeah. I think, an artistically bankrupt standpoint. And like I said in our last episode for the last two years, I found it pretty hard to like, I mean, I've rewatched all the Marvel movies twice in the last two years. I found it hard to like ingest like 
difficult nutritional content. And I actually watched uh, Wes Anderson's new movie, The French Dispatch, a couple nights ago. And I found myself like kind of consistently wondering, yeah, but what this what is this movie about? And that's not how you should experience no art. Like it's not a puzzle to be solved or like a uh like a magic eye thing where you cross your eyes and you're like, oh race. Like it's it's <laughs> it it shouldn't it's not that simple. Art's never been that simple, and we've been conditioned to think that it is. Well, and especially movies, because at, at the end of the day, like from the first film to like the the most recent one, their their ultimate goal for the most part is to be a spectacle and to entertain. Yeah. And, and you can use that vehicle to say larger things about the life we live, of course, like just as, as you can with fiction. But at the end of the day, it's about entertainment. So like shut the fuck up about turning red and enjoy the film. And if you don't enjoy the film, don't feel the need to tell people about it. Cause who, who cares about your opinion about any sort of piece of art or, or thing that you experience. If you find others who didn't like the film, you can discuss what you didn't like about it, but by no means you not enjoying something is grounds for the banning or the cancellation or the restriction on the form going forward. I mean, I, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound a certain way, but it's kind of an epidemic that we're currently facing is people essentially saying that this is challenging to how I currently live my life. And thus it is immoral. Right. And, And there are a lot of people on both sides uh, who are doing that with a, and it's, it's not good. I, it, it's a sign of like a society in decline where we're constantly policing artistic expression by being like, well, this isn't how I think things should be portrayed, or this isn't cogent to my personal lens on reality. Thus, this thing that people pour blood, sweat, and tears into is immoral, amoral. Right. And because it's amoral, it doesn't have the right to exist. It should be banned and we should not make anything like it going forward. Like morality as a grounds for erasure, which should never be a thing. I mean, it's a real honest to God thing on Twitter discourse around movies where people have had the wrinkles ironed out of their brain by like 15 years of Marvel movies where people are saying things like this movie portrayed bad people in a sympathetic light. Thus it is immoral and should be canceled, which is like apocalypse thinking. Yeah. that That's puritanical thinking, which, you know, may, might've been the grounds for us coming to this country in the first place. And not us, just the people who came here first as quote unquote Americans, but we've evolved past that time and time again i mean i i think we're okay (laughs) so we're getting to a point i think where we're to your point creating this kind of like neo puritanical uh tyranny over art and i think unfortunately a lot of people with political beliefs I share about like 
health care and the well-being of people. So like people on the left, I think that there's like a transformation of those beliefs into puritanical ones. And I think they, I think they rode in on the Trojan horse of permissive, progressive thinking. And now we're just policing what people can say. It's not, it's not good. And I, I still hold those beliefs, but I, I don't, I don't think we should be taking turning red to the cleaners because we don't agree on its level of maturity or the maturity of its audience. I don't know, man. This is something Uh, I've been struggling with and I can't really litigate it on the podcast. I mean, if anything, I don't know if streaming, I don't know if movies released on streaming get rated, but if anything, the level of maturity or not, the, the your your guide to it is the rating like if it's if it's pg you know maybe there's a more things if it's g it's perfectly fine but that's that's where the quote unquote policing should stop just so we don't you know a 5 year old's not watching uh Bates Motel movie psycho normal psycho yeah patrick bateman psycho Patrick, I, Patrick Bates, psycho. I, so, I mean, my, I, I think maybe my issue is like, if people want to push for this to have like a, a higher rating on the, whatever it's called, uh, I want to say ESRB, but that's video games, but people that's like want to, want to push for a higher rating because this mentions like, uh, pads and like hot water bottles and having a period. Like, I, I think that should be G. I think. We should oh, put yeah, things no, in front of infants sure. that mention the fact that people have periods. Because guess what? Half the right. population has them. So, like, yeah, we put toilets and things meant for <laughs> kids. So, like, we can represent yeah. biological functions and not code them as like, oh, you can only see this if you're above fourteen. No, and and that like that ties into the ongoing conservative war on women just a little bit. It's like, oh, yes. this is unnatural and should not be seen. It's like, no. For 50% of the population, it's biologically natural. <laughs> like It is by definition natural. Yeah. If it makes you uncomfortable, then like, again, back to my first point I made about this, don't watch it. Yeah, don't, don't watch it. And maybe try to figure out why that bothers you. Yeah. But that's I mean, if you happen. if you're up for the self reflection, which I know you're not. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not up for self reflection. You just want to like uh, be a tumor and steam about culture. I don't know. The discourse yeah. is pretty fucked right now. Obviously I have a lot of, uh, diff- <laughs> I have a lot of difficult thoughts about what's happening, but it's all no, good. same, same. Cause I'm saying everything I'm saying as like an absolute fact when it should be a discussion. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm open to discussion. I don't want to talk to anybody, <laughs> but you know, I, I do want to put a disclaimer that you know, everything I said is, is my interpretation of what's happening Yeah, by any necessarily, any necessary means means that's what's true. I mean, same disclaimer for me. Like I'm saying what I'm saying, but you know, go into this understanding that what I'm saying is actually based on like reason and fact and years of introspection and research and is, uh, morally correct. And then if you hold views Contra to what I've said, you are in fact uh, wrong <laughs> and immoral. Yeah, I, I just 
I remember talking about morality and like, you know, high school and just getting into debates like what do you morality does not mean correct because people's moralities can be different you can yeah. have different standards of morals it's all subjective what normally what people talk about morality they talk about like christian views and stuff but like what about all the moral people who aren't christian yeah. they still have morals i mean then that gets into uh and it gets into an area of philosophy that not a lot of people are interested in talking about. And there was this article I was going to talk about last week. And then I kind of figured out that this was a pile on someone who's like 20 and not fair, but like, there's someone who's talking about like, Oh, you can't have like open debate in colleges anymore. And one of the uh, examples they cited is they were, talking about the ritual practice of sati from india in which a wife is burned oh, with yeah. the husband and this person who's a student who wrote this article where she she writes like she's captain save a hoe or whatever but she's 20 <laughs> uh but she's saying like everyone uh got really uncomfortable and turned on me when i said that we should have a right to criticize that and i'm like yeah for that culture it's moral <laughs> but we we do have to figure out like what's a more and what's a moral, like what is, what is, what is cultural and what is right? What is kind? What do we owe to each other? Uh, right. And that's more difficult. Yeah. Because I think it's wrong to burn someone. <laughs> you know, just objectively murder is bad. Yeah. I think murder is bad. Even just by the if technical a culture tells yeah. you it's good. <laughs> Just by the technical definition of taking a life, taking a life is not okay. Yeah. So just by that definition alone, you know, absent of all cultural interpretations that you might have of taking a life, it's, it's not a good thing. Yeah, it's not a good thing to take a life. That is a stance that we will defend here yeah. on the Zero Credits podcast. All of this to say killing is wrong. Killing's bad, y'all. <laughs> Listen, killing's bad. Look, look. I know we're talking about a lot of highly controversial things today. But killing's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're we're willing to go out on a limb and say that killing's wrong unless it's killing at the box office like the Batman. Killing in the name of that's a song. <laughs> yeah, Wait. those who Listen. burn crosses are the same are the same who works horses? I forget. You know, I forget the song. Zach Della Rocha. Me too. Right in. I don't know. Yeah, something about the same. Something something forces are the same that burn crosses. You gonna you gonna catch and they will know us by the trail of dead. The Ladybird Amphitheater. Ladybird Lake. Amphitheater. Oh, probably. Probably not. But that's a badass name. That's a very good band. Yeah, no, my plans are honestly get some sleep, see the Batman so we can talk about it and hold your breath next week. Next week, Batman? Next week, the Batman. NWBM? And next week, Batman? B. Yes, next week, Batman. Next week, Batman. Yeah, next week, making the promise here and now. Gonna coordinate, you know, with Jamie. So we can go see it together. But next week, Batman. Buckle up, baby. I have thoughts about the Batman. I have none. 
I've avoided everything. Uh, I will be watching it a second time just to take notes. Mental notes. Many times they have asked me to leave the Alamo draft <laughs> as I was scribbling notes with my flashlight pen. Yeah. So stay tuned, folks. We are going to cover the Batman next week. We are going to cover the bat. The next. We're going to. The next. Nubbly. Nubbly. <laughs> NWBM. Next week, Batman. We're going to cover the Batman next week. Back to supplemental readings. The year of supplemental readings continues Wait, on Jason on. Abated. What? Oh, fuck. I just. Oh, I talked over that really good joke. <laughs> It'll never come back. No, I'm going to erase myself. Um, Did you put an A in there? <laughs> N-double-A? <laughs> <laughs> the N-double-A C-P-B-M. Next week, Batman. Yes. Next Jason NW- unabated. N-W-B-M. Next week, Batman. The year of supplemental readings continues on Jason Batemanated. <laughs> Batman yeah. Batmanated. Batmanated. Uh this year. <laughs> and next week on Zero Cuts. But in the meantime. Oh, John, tell me. Uh, you can write to us about oh, your predictions about the Batman. Will he deliver on his on his long promises? Will he <laughs> give us the the <laughs> will he give what us is, what? <laughs> Will, what is Batman's stances on shrinkflation? Will Batman deliver on his campaign promises? Will he give us the Joker's hat on a platter? Uh, will Will he give us cute pics? Will, will Batman finally win the Triwizard Tournament? You oh, can let us know your feelings. He held the wand like a gun. You can give us your feelings on Twitter by sending us a tweet to at ZCPCWHJ on twitter.com, which stands for Henry. That. Wait. <laughs> That's right, Henry. And if you want to, <laughs> just a, a quick tip if you want to say the word W real quick on the radio, you do a fluid W where you actually say it like a double D U, uh, which is what I did, which is why my W's are always. So crisp. And if you want a crisp W, you can send us an email uh, to email at zerocredits.net. I know that the domain is still good because I was just charged for hosting again and my account's in the negative, baby. We're on uh, every podcast service except the bad ones. Uh, so wherever you listen to this and wherever you find your podcast, you can find us, Podchaser Good Pods. Pod on the range, Apple Podcasts, leaving us a review on any of those services is a great boon to the podcast, but the biggest boon of them all, booner, the biggest boon, the biggest booner of them all for the podcast is for you to hit the streets. That's right. You've heard the news, baby. COVID's over. It left. We kicked it out. No one's getting it, and I won't look at the news. <laughs> so get out there. Party like your life depends on it. Uh, it might. Uh, and tell everyone at these parties, these wet parties, tell the people in the cages. They pay them to be in the cages. It's not a problem. It's not a problem if, if they pay them to be in the cages. Tell those caged people with the podcast because word of the mouth is the only way 
we can survive. I had a really good knife pun that I wrote down before the podcast. What's on a piece of paper outside this room. So I can't go get it. Maybe I'll get it for the Batman. Maybe it was Batman related. I don't know. Was it like wife knife? No, something. Okay. I zoned out and rezoned in at the weirdest of times what the fuck is this about cage people who are paid to be in the cage? You you ever be in the club? Uh, have, oh, you ever, have you okay. ever been to yeah, a club, club and there are like the cage club. dancers? Yeah, okay. okay. All right. I'm on board with the statement now. I just, whew, that was a weird moment for me. Yeah, people being in cages is good if they pay them bad, if not. Right. And from everyone here at the Zero Credits Caged Studios, <laughs> we want to wish you a happy week. We're not being paid. Oh, shit. That's the bad. That's we're, the bad guy. We're in the bad kind. Goodbye. Good but Goodbye. Oh, what's wrong with me? <laughs> goodbye. Good butt. Just erase my track.